Brother Viscom, open us in prayer. at the, the lesson for this morning, it's taken out of basically God's judgment upon sin, the compromise of God's people, and the protection God offers when you're willing to accept it. And if you studied your lesson, it's based out of Genesis 18 and Genesis 19, and you find different things with it. And let's go to, let me see, Genesis 18, verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because of their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is to come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And the Lord drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, if there be 50 righteous within the city, will thou destroy it and not spare the place for 50 righteous? You know, in the passage, he goes from 50 to 40 to, to 30 to 20 to 10. And the purpose of that is I want to ask you this morning, what influence do you have for God of the people around you? Now, we know, and I won't take the time to turn there, but it says, as in the days of Noah... And as is in the days of Lot, and it says, just Lot, and I've talked about it in messages recently, just Lot. That's saying God saw him as just. Just Lot vexed his righteous soul with the filthy conversation, the manner of life of the wicked. How many of you are just getting, because you're bombarded with it so much, that you don't even bother thinking or being appalled are having issue with homosexuality being around you. God calls it an abomination. It doesn't change from one end of the scriptures to the other. Just because the world tries to make something acceptable does not mean it's acceptable. You may not know this, but young people flirt with that, try to explore when they don't understand. I've ministered to young people out of this church and in this church who've grown up to be perfectly normal the way God made them, one man, one woman type of thing, but they flirted with that at a certain time in their life because of the exposure to the wrong things. Just Lot vexed his righteous soul with the filthy conversation of the wicked. When we don't make any difference about it, when we don't teach our young people because maybe we have a family member, or we have a friend, a co-worker, or somebody that's fallen into that sin. And I understand because guess what? They're not born that way. They're recruited into it. And it generally happens because of abuse. If you don't understand, look up the statistics on that. 
homosexuality happens because by their own statistics, the last time I checked, and that was quite a few years ago, they said 87% of them, they'll claim to have been molested. The failure within the home brings that about. And then it brings confusion of face to the point right now. I was reading an article this week about a person who's on the school board who was reviewing curriculum, who got removed from the school board because they saw in the curriculum where they were trying to make it, and they're trying to, you're getting the place, you almost have to pass laws to make sure that schools are not encouraging children to investigate their gender identity for what they want to be. I've read six articles this past week about people who went through that as a young person, as a teenager. They're now 19 to 25 or thereabouts, and they've already gone through surgery. And they can't go back easily. Uh, It's very direct. If you turn around and you think about it, do you understand what part of transitioning surgery does? It removes part of a female's anatomy, and they also remove part of a male's anatomy, eventually. And they condemn them to a life of having to have hormonal treatments to go against what's natural in their body. This is where we live today. All right, and I want you to see some things we get through. You're going to find out. I'm going to take you a passage when we read about what Sodom and Gomorrah's sin was. And then I'm going to read you a passage in Revelation chapter 3. And you tell me if they sound the same. All right? So we have this, and God's judging this. He judged the sin, and he's going to bring the judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And I don't care, do I know people that I care about who've gotten drawn into that sin? Yes. Does that make it where I then say that is okay? Never. If lying is a sin, because God calls it sin, should I then approve people who lie all the time? You have to stop and think about it. Now you can have compassion on anybody in their sin because when you've got to convert them and this is a lot of this is about what are you going to do in the world today you can have compassion because we're told in Jude on some have compassion making the difference sometimes they get pulled into the sin they're recruited into the sin they're told that's the way they're supposed to be loved and it messes their thinking up You need to present them the truth. And it's not how you feel about it. It's not how much you are offended by it. It's what does God say about it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's not my opinion that counts. In talking to somebody in sin, it's what does God say about it. I can love the person. I can have compassion on them. But if I'm truly going to show compassion... I need to help prepare them to be able to have a chance to receive the Savior. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You still with me? Okay, so you you look at this lesson and you realize 
that at the judgment seat of Christ, some of us <laughs> are going to have to answer for some things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it was in your notes, you were given for the class, in verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. How many rewards are we going to lose? Can you say you love the Lord's appearing when you justify sin in your presence? Parents get pulled away because the world is such and kids grow up and they make choices and it's not, they don't continue in the faith of their parents and then they want to come home and they want to bring their live-in lover with them. And they say, if you love me, you'd let us, we're together anyway, so what difference does it make? Let us stay in our bedroom together. God's answer to that is what? I don't care if it's to a male and a female or two males or two females. The answer is not if you want to be right with God. They're not right with God or they wouldn't put you in that place. So many times we get caught and you've got to remember something. Know ye not, you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and with your spirit, which are his. And they say, well, you choose not to let us do this. No, I don't have a choice. I don't belong to myself. You've made a choice. I can't change that choice for you. I'm praying it'll change. There's many a believer that's getting pulled into the cares and the interests of the world. Look at 1 Peter, another verse in your opening that you had you were supposed to look at this week. And that is in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and through Jesus our Lord, according to as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto what? Life. I like that. And godliness through the knowledge of him hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. By those promises, what? That ye, these, ye might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, and add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? Is what? Blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. How many of us willingly are blind to the righteousness, holiness of God expected in our lives on a day-to-day -day basis? Go to Ezekiel chapter 16. You see, you're going to get in the lesson? Yeah, eventually. 
it's part of what the devotional that you had this week. The question is, are you doing the devotional? I saw this and I go, this would make an outline for a very strong message. Ezekiel chapter 16. Verse 48, As I live, saith the Lord, Sodom thy sister hath not done, nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. That's God's judgment upon Israel while they were in captivity because of the sin they allowed that they were taken out of. Behold, this was the what? The iniquity of thy sister Sodom. What's the top of the list? Pride. You can't tell me what to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. If it doesn't hurt anybody else, it's my choice. The greatest, the first sin in the scriptures is pride. What condemned Lucifer to become Satan? Isaiah 14, 5 Five, the number of death, not the number of grace. I don't care what some of the so-called commentators put in their commentaries about the Bible. Study it out. Five times, Lucifer says, I will. And then God says he will be cut to the ground. It's pride. The iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, I've got what I need. You know, God must be blessing me because I don't struggle. I have all that I need. Now, those people are struggling. They don't have it. There must be sin in their lives. It's not in my life because look at what God's given me. Fullness of bread. Abundance of idleness. <laughs> Your children don't need as much playtime as you give them. They need work time. How many of you, growing up, in your, your 40 or above, ever had a problem with internet? Because you had your personal devices. You know what I needed when I was at school to fit in with everybody else? I needed new Converse All-Stars. They've come back around, haven't they, Carla? Someone gave her a pair of used Converse All-Stars. She was all excited about it. I'm looking, I used to play basketball in those before I got leather Converse All-Stars. Everybody's got to have it. Everybody's going you know, to turn a... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm supposed to teach. I'm getting into a different area. But I can still remember, do you know that when I was in grade school, bell-bottoms were the thing? They started at the knees and they flared out, okay? Man, I had a pair of rust brown bell-bottom pants, hip huggers. And I wore that with a bright orange cable knit turtleneck sweater. 
I was just too young to grow the mustache. So foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Right? But the rod of correction will drive a fire from them. And they'll tell you, you don't love me, or it's not fair, or that's my baby. And you don't hold them accountable, and they have too much time to themselves. The iniquity of Sodom was the abundance of idleness. You love your kids? Make work for them. I'm trying to help you understand the lesson. If we're to learn, they don't need as much alone. When a kid says, I need my alone time. Where'd they hear that? Idleness. My father said, idleness was the devil's workshop. He wasn't even saved then. I had to go pick up sticks in the yard. I, I, you know what I love to watch? I love to watch when my daughter-in-law makes the boys go out and pick up dog poop. I'm bored. I got nothing to do. Here's a bag. You laugh. How many of us have gotten in trouble when we had too much time to think on stuff we shouldn't be thinking about? See their sin? Pride, fullness of bread. Well, I don't want them to go hungry. <laughs> uh, I still remember sitting down and having to eat a whole can of peas because I didn't like peas. And they made me eat them at the dinner table. My father turned his head, so I stuck my finger down my... See, I was a great kid. I stuck my finger down my throat and threw up all over my plate and said, they make me sick. And my father said, I watched you. Out of the corner of his eye, I got... I heard the sound of a belt coming through the loops of his pants. Was taken to another room. The rest of my family, a little bit older than me, ate all their peas as they heard me screaming. I was brought out, sat back down, and he cooked a can of peas and was put before me. I didn't leave the table until 11 o'clock that night because I had to eat a whole can of peas. Say, did I learn to love peace? Ask my wife. No, but you know what I learned to do? To eat what was put before me. Abundance of idleness was in her and her daughter, so they trained them the same way. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Apathy towards those who have less. This is not to bring conviction, but I want to ask you a question. Have you ever paid for the groceries for somebody in front of you? Think about it. Or maybe you were too concerned that you had to have enough money so you could do your toys later on. That's apathy towards the poor. And look at the last one. And verse 50, they were what? Haughty. See, so they had to build the pride up. They didn't have to question. They had what they needed. Your kids will never go hungry. They had abundance of idleness. They had too much time. I don't believe kids should have their own cell phone until they're 18 and they start paying for it. 
You don't have to agree with me. I'm just telling you. I'm the one, and Pastor Kinney's the one, who has to counsel teenagers who get caught up in pornography on their cell phones. Boys and girls. Apathy towards the poor and haughtiness. Go to Revelation chapter 3. If you don't like this lesson, I didn't write it. They hand it to me out of a book. What I do with it, you can have a problem with me. Revelation 3 and verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things saith the Amen. You know what Laodicea is dealing with? Rights of the people. These things saith the Amen. The faithful and the true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am what? And increased with and have need of. Does that sound familiar? And knowest that thou art what? Wretched and miserable and, and blind and naked. Different ways of putting what we just saw was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. It says in the scriptures that's the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Are you ready? Have you booked your ticket? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Are you getting pawed or being pulled into the cares of the world like Lot did? Just Lot vexed his righteous soul with the filthy conversation of the wicked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest, what? God wants us to see his way. Okay? What do they call, what is the, the, the medical term for nearsightedness? My... Opia. Can't see too far. Do you know all children suffer from myopia? Spiritual, emotional myopia. Their life ends on something that takes place. It can change in a week. Also, when you hold them accountable for something and end up with discipline, they don't understand sometimes when they've done something. And I encourage you, you know what happens? The world has taught you that to corporally discipline your children is wrong when God says that's the way you're supposed to do it. Now I want to ask you which breeds, this is not in the lesson, but which breeds worse frustration and contempt? See, I didn't say beat your kid. It says they're out of correction. You discipline a child. You tell them why, and you discipline them until they repent. And then you pray with them. I don't care if you cry with them. You pray with them and show them how they displeased God. And then you hug them, and you hold them, and you love them, and you let them know that God expects better of you and of them. 
and you're just trying to help them grow up to be someone who loves the Lord and brings honor to their Savior. You know what they'll want to do? They'll want to grow up. But when you turn around and say, well, I'm going to take that away from you. I've got a question for you. What is the attention span of a six-year-old? So you take away his toy, or you take away stuff that you have for him for a week. How long does he remember what it was taken away for? Now, what's the attention span of a teenager? Half that of a six-year-old. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that's just the way it works. I remember what it was like. I, honest, true, I was one of them once, eons ago. Yep. You're not going to drive the car for a week. But I want to go see Judy. I don't care. Take out the trash, mow the lawn. You don't leave the yard. Gets to be three days in. Can I get the car? What did I tell you? Yeah, but I've been good for three days. It ought to be worth something. Yeah, it's worth half your, your punishment. Boy, I resented that at the end. I'd soon have my father, I'd rather hear the shh, because then it's done and over with. Rod of correction, drive it far from him. It doesn't bring about resentment. Discipline should be early. It should be often. It should be appropriate. Apparently, Lot didn't have this in his life, and apparently Lot didn't offer it to his own children. How many of you have read the passage and understand what happens in Revelation, or I mean in Genesis chapter 18 and 19? Okay? Have you read it before? I want to see a hand up, unless you, that tells me you've never read it, if you haven't read it. Okay? So, if you've read it, what happens? Abraham, who had to learn and was separating himself more and more, because he learned, because you've got to remember, Abraham, the father of faith, he offered his wife twice to save his own hide. Father Abraham, the father of faith, you don't think there's a chance for anybody to come back from sin in their life? Yeah, they can. But he had to separate himself more and more. Lot saw the worldly goods. He took the well-watered plain. Abraham says, I'll take my flax and I'll go to the hills. Abraham developed a prayer life with God. You know what he could do? You know what you need to do? You know something? Don't feel guilty about it. You know what you can do? You can reason with God. You can bargain with God. Abraham did, didn't he? Well, Lord, if there's 50 righteous people in a city of over a million, well, Lord, what if there's 40? Okay, I won't do it for 40. See, you don't understand the mercy and grace of God. You see it there. I believe Abraham could have taken it down to just Lot's children and not a couple extras. And he didn't do it because he figured, you know what? Lot was raised in the same family as Abraham was. See, Lot followed him. He was his nephew. He followed him, didn't he? 
He, Abraham brought him. That was the sin of Abraham. Another, another message, another lesson. But he was raised the same way. But he started making choices about what he saw that filled his worldly desires. And not about what pleases his heavenly father. So Abraham made mistakes and learned from them and continued to grow. You know what that's called? Spiritual growth. You know what we're supposed to have? Spiritual growth. Lot continued to deteriorate in his spiritual relationship from what he had from where he was raised. And when he did, it took his children farther. Isn't that what happened? Laodicea is the last church age before the coming of the Savior, for the beginning of the tribulation. Seven churches, eight church ages, we're in the last one. The general view of Christianity by God is Laodicea. It should not be the view of Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church. It should not be God's view of you as an individual. Amen? Let's go back to Genesis. I don't believe I need to discipline my children that way. Oh, go right ahead. You know more than God. So he comes down here and the Lord went his way and as soon as he had left commanding the last verse of Genesis 18 with Abraham, Abraham returned unto his place. <laughs> he got away from it. Came two angels to Sodom, even Lot sat at the gate. See, so now Lot was what? He was in a position of political power in leadership in a city so corrupt that God had to deal with. Lot sees the two angels. He invites them into his house to get them away from it. And it's so bad that before he can get them in the house, the, the wicked men of Sodom try to recruit, they grab the, the angels. Just like they did with a man who ended up putting his concubine outside his door to let him to do it to her, to protect someone coming to him. They enter into his house. The sodomites come past the house. Do you ever understand does anything new under the sun? I tell people all the time, when I pastor this church, all I want to do is strum my little guitar and sing my little song. I answer for Emmanuel, the people God has given me. I don't answer for what they do in another church. Someone asks me about it, I'll say, that's not my business. Unless I'm pressed by someone in there. I've been asked by deacons in another church how to deal with the problem with their pastor. I've been asked by a pastor how to deal with problems with their deacons. And I say, why are you asking me? I don't make that choice. You want to know what God's word says about it? Because that's what they need. They don't need what I know as an opinion. So he turns around, and the angels, they have to deal with them, okay? What happened to the men in verse 11, Revelation 19? And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were wearied themselves to find the door. 
You know when you generally can know someone is doing the wrong thing? Ready? It's an amazing deep lesson. Listen very close. They squeal the loudest. They have to draw more attention to it. Saying, I am being mistreated and you all are mistreating me. Anybody who harms another person, not in self-defense, deserves to be judged, convicted, and punished. And some have compassion making the difference. I don't have a right to bomb abortion clinics. People in the name of Christianity did that. I hope they rot in jail. I don't have a right to beat up somebody because they're in sin sexually. Someone who does that, you know where they belong? In jail. And what's God's judgment on somebody who takes another person's life? Do you know that the Bible teaches in the New Testament that we're to obey government? Unless it causes us to disobey God. And it says that they beareth not the sword in vain. I believe capital punishment is, is biblical. You don't agree with me? Your choice. You get what the world gives you. I thought it was funny this week. Talking about a person who's come here and they're all upset because they got removed from a position in Congress. Right? They left a country where they could be put to death for speaking their views. And they escaped here, an asylum. And now they're condemning a country because they're being held accountable for their views, but they're protected. Do you understand how much the world is upside down? And young people think that is good common logic? There's nothing new under the sun. Do you ever think about this? Look at Genesis chapter 4. Well, I'm rushing on this now. I've, I've waxed too eloquent. Look at verse 10. You got Cain and Abel. And God says, what hast thou done in verse 10 of Genesis chapter 4? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Okay? Go to Genesis chapter 11. Quickly. Quickly. Genesis chapter 11, you've got the Tower of Babel. Look at verse 7. Go to, this is God speaking, amongst the, the Godhead. Go to, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one other speech. Why? Because nothing was being held back from them. Go to John chapter 6, quickly, quickly. Can you get there faster than me? i got markers in. Doggone it, I forgot to put a marker on that one. John chapter 6. See, I can make you laugh. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Who's that speaking? 
what did he come down for? Yes, to pay the price for man's what? Sin. Go to Revelation chapter 19. Quickly. Look at verse 14. And I wanted to read longer passages, but I waxed too eloquent. In the armies which were, verse 14 of Revelation 19, which followed him when upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth the sharp, uh, sharp sword with which he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. Where did that army come from? Guess what? They came out of heaven. God comes down when sin cries up. You see it? He comes down when sin cries up. What do you think this earth is crying to heaven today? As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. Their, their root was pride. Turn to Ezekiel 16. Look at the list again. The iniquity of thy sister Sodom. This is their sin, their iniquity. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of vitalness was in, their, in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. You ever ask God, have God asked you to do something, but you were too busy and you'd made plans to go do something so you couldn't do what God asked you to do? Just asking. The warning came. The warning came. Isn't that neat? In Genesis chapter 19, God gave a warning. Their sin had cried up. He's come down. They've got to judge it. Then you had Intercession. Abraham had grown in the Lord as he came more apart from the world and spent more time talking with God. So he had learned in his own life that God was merciful and gracious, hadn't he? So then he appealed to the mercy of God. Got to remember, when God introduced himself, and I've told you this time and time again, when you want to know what God, who God is, when God reveals himself to Moses on the mount as he's going to get the second set of tablets, he says, the Lord. The Lord God, merciful, first word. How many of us are so busy with fullness of bread that we lose the fact that we have a merciful God that we need to come and intercede with him for others? That's right, brother. Abraham had a love for his nephew Lot. Lot was doing wrong. Can you agree with me on that? He was doing wrong. So Abraham should have cut him completely out of his life and never spoke to him and never prayed for him and said, he's a filthy sinner, I want nothing to do with him. Some Christians act in that manner. His lifestyle and position caused him to be drawn into Sodom. And Abraham prayed because he asked and he desired for him to be delivered from the judgment of God. 
You see, Abraham's patience and mercy, where did he learn it? When he was able to recognize God's mercy in his own life. Do you recognize God's mercy in your own life? If I got what I deserved on a regular basis, I told you for years, you know, it's not easy living with me. You need to pray for my wife, Judy. I've got a witness. I've got two witnesses, two adult witnesses to that. Just ask Carla and Michael. See? I'm honest about it. How about you? God keeps dealing with me. So I don't react to things the same way as I always used to. It ought to be different as I grow in the Lord. Abraham persistently and tenderly interceded as he asked the Lord to spare Sodom. And he got all the way down to ten people. You got Lot and his wife. Two virgin daughters. Two other sisters. With two husbands. And God said, I'll let it not happen for Ten. Two plus two plus two plus two is eight. What influence you having? When Lot tried to talk to his daughters and their husbands, they thought he was a crazy man. What kind of influence? Abraham gave Lot more credit than Lot deserved. We can reason with the Lord. Want a scripture verse? You can turn there. I'll quote it for you. Isaiah 1.18 Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God says, come talk to me. He's more merciful than I ever thought of being. Just don't let it be your choice in the end. You listen to what he has to say to you. And you'll find mercy. I've got verses we won't take the time. I'm going to give you just a few verses. You can write them down. Okay? Hosea 10, 12. Ready? I'm going to read you Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain what? Okay? That's in the Beatitudes. Psalm 103, verse 8. Deuteronomy 4.31. Hosea 6.6. 6. Get a concordance sometime and look up how many times the word mercy and merciful is used in your King James Bible. It's not used as many times in the newer Bibles because they ruin the cross-references. Again, Lot had a wife, him and that's two. Two single daughters, that's four. Two married daughters, that's six. Their husbands, that's eight. Did they have any children? You know, those children never came out. The only ones who came out were Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. Everyone else what? So the sins of the adults reigned upon judgment of their children. 
There's things happen. We have hope ministries now. We, we, we left the ministry because of sin that came into it because they got full of pride and idleness of bread. Okay? We used to have addiction ministry. Worked very, very well. They took their eyes off it and they started thinking they were something other than what they were. That's why it fell apart. What they taught wasn't wrong. What they practiced was wrong. Personally, what they did. One of the things they said is our sinful habits always hurt those who follow us. Go ahead and justify it. Justify it. So what happens? Back in Genesis 19. Genesis 19. Two angels come. Lot's found at the gate. Yeah, he's an important man, all right. Did a lot for the city, didn't it? The angels basically drag him, his wife, and his two daughters out of the city. Isn't that interesting? They have to pull him out. Verse 4 of 2 Peter 2, For if God spared not the angels with sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. That's from Genesis 6, when the sons of God looked upon the daughters of men. That's where your so-called Greek mythology comes from. Giants, men of renown. You say, well, let's just make believe. <laughs> Tell God that. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing into the flood upon the world of the ungodly. In turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an, an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, he just accepted it vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. Lot was a believer who allowed a sinful lifestyle overtake him. Angels delivered him. I talked about earlier in a message the problem of looking back at the world. There's a memorial to Lot's wife. She looked back. You can remember, but don't look back at what God saved you out of and long for it. Angels don't have wings. I don't care how many bells you ring. Cherubim and seraphim have wings, special type of heavenly host, angels. But general angels don't. Angels in the Bible are always male. Women, I didn't write this book. I can show you a passage where some unclean spirits were female, but I can't show you where angels were females. You have a judgment. They were struck with blindness. You know what? Sinful people are generally blind about their sin, aren't they? Or how bad they are. I'm not that bad. I'm as good as them. Revelation 19. 
He's being dragged out of the city, but before he dragged out of the city, look at verse, let me see here, 12. And the men said unto, Hast thou any here besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? Oh, so he might have had some sons too. They didn't. And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake to his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this. But it seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Then we're going to listen. Be very careful who you let your children marry. You do have a choice in that. It's how you raise your child children. They were told to not look back. She looked back, pillar of salt. Don't get to the place where you long the worldly life God saved you out of. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with brimstone and fire. That's used more than once in God's judgment upon the face of this earth. He'll never flood the world again, but he will use fire. Do you realize that where Sodom and Gomorrah historically are known to be, they still find large pieces of sulfur throughout the land there? Historical fact matches a biblical account. What's the purpose of today's lesson? To help you understand. God's mercy is amazing. Many a backslider deserves destruction. Their backslidden is based off their own choices, not God forcing them because of something that happened. We're to have mercy and to intercede for those who are in that condition, whether they're saved or lost. And you can bargain with God. Just be ready to keep up your part of the bargain. And realize God's not unjust when he brings judgment, especially after he's given warning. And all God's people said, take a break.